0: Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press' Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast. I'm News Press reporter Adam Regan and I'm joined as always, by Naples Daily News reporter Adam Fisher. Fisher, what's going on? Not
2: much, man. It's Week Nine. Three regular season's games left. It's mid-October. I'm, I'm excited. This is a uh, you know fall season. By the way, it, it's it's Halloween season. Don't roll your eyes at me. I can talk about other stuff with you. I, I want to get to know you. I want the audience to get to know you. What's your favorite scary movie? It, it's Halloween season. I've been watching some at night. Uh, what do you like?
1: That's a great question. I, I, I don't think I've ever questions. really talked about it. I'm not really into horror movies, but I was a huge fan of Scream. Really? The first one. Yeah, yeah. Not any of the other garbage right. ones. But I think that would be the one. But I, I like Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. I was about to say, I love I'm, – I'm also not too big into horror
2: movies, but I only watch them during uh, you know, Halloween, dur- during October to kind of get into the spirit. But I love those old 80s, like really gory, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what's really good is Hellraiser. That's, like, surprisingly good. Uh which They're, one? Uh, the first one. Because there's like 19 Kind of them. weird after that. Um, but very gory. I like a gory movie. You know, lots of blood and guts. So,
1: yeah. Nice. Can we move back on the football? We can, sure, if, if that's what you want to do. Well, I think before we kind of get into this week of games, uh, we should talk about stuff that happened last week. First on the docket, Fort Myers High School wins their sixth straight district title. Easy one against East Lee. I think there's no surprise there that Fort Myers won it. No. I, I thought they might get a little bit of a challenge from Dunbar because Dunbar had beat them the previous three years. But, you know, Fort Myers took care of business in that game. They beat North Fort Myers. They beat South Fort Myers. They ran the table in the tough opponents in that district.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. With two uh, weeks of district play left, they've already beaten the heavyweights in that district. So their schedule was very uh, front-loaded, and we'll talk about that later when we talk RPI. That's why Fort Myers has such a strong strength of schedule, because they've beaten Dunbar. They've beaten South Fort Myers. They've beaten North Fort Myers. Because of that, they've locked up that, uh, what is it, 13, 6-8-13 district title. So uh, congrats to the Greenies.
1: And next, we're going to talk about
2: Naples High School.
1: Can they win the district? They or will can. they win the district? Uh, They're the, probably they going to sh- win the district. They
2: should. Uh, just looking at the numbers, they have no district losses, obviously. Baron Collier has won, but Naples has beaten Baron Collier. So, Baron Collier would need Naples to lose to Golden Gate and then to Amokley in order to win the district championship. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: It's never happened. Golden Gate's never, never lost, beaten. Right,
2: correct. Uh, Naples. Naples has beaten Golden Gate, what, 15 straight times? So if if they can win at Golden Gate this week, they will clinch their 10th straight district championship. And that will be the uh, first automatic berth in Collier County after Fort Myers won the first one in southwest Florida last week. That district
1: is just so weak. I mean, everybody knew Naples was going to win that district. Well, I'd like to see the FHSA put Naples and Fort Myers in the same district. So uh, how would that work? What would they do
2: with the other 6A teams? I mean, would would they all crunch them together? Make it work.
1: There was was one year that the FHSA put Miami-Norland, Northwestern, and Miami Central, and Carroll City all in the same district. So why not put the heavy hitters in Southwest Florida in the same
2: district? Yeah, Naples has not really been challenged, um, obviously, in the past 10 years. They've won 33 straight district games. It's been since they had a down year in 2009 when Lehigh was good, back when Pete Fominaya
1: was their head coach that beat them, kind of knocked them out of the playoffs. I don't want to sound like an old man or anything like that. I just – I look forward to the regular season games that really matter. And with the the – Teams being in the same classification in Collier and Lee County, it kind of takes away from that. I want to see Naples play Fort Myers in the regular season. I want to see Fort Myers play Baron Collier in the regular season. That used to be a really big game in the 90s. And maybe we'll see more of that now because this is
2: the first year that FHSA has used this uh, RPI system, you know, strength of schedule. What does playing a, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a uh, winless team or a bad team that Naples has played, but what does playing them benefit you when you could go up and play a Fort Myers? And plus these coaches don't want to play because they could see each other in in regionals. That's
1: why it will never happen. Right. That's why Sam Siriani and Bill Kramer, they'll never schedule each other because they're going to see each other in the regional tournament. And same thing with Baron Collier. I mean, Baron Collier has to play Naples, but Baron Collier's not going to come up here and play Fort Myers.
2: Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I think we'll see a little bit more tougher matchups like that. I mean, we saw Baron Collier, Bishop Rowe this year. Teams that are in different classifications, maybe we'll see that a little bit more.
1: Still, I long for the... Olden days. The old
2: days. Well, there's too many high schools now. That's the problem. Is, Naples has got to play six uh, Collier County Athletic Conference games in the county. So that frees up, what, four more games to play other teams?
1: Yep. And I think we have an interesting situation. If, as we go back to 6A-13, developing situation, you got Dunbar, South Fort Myers, and North Fort Myers all fighting for a couple of playoff spots in that 6A Region 4 Maybe only one of them make it?
2: Maybe, yeah. And and who knows? Just the way the um, RPI is stacked up. These are teams we've talked about all year that they're used to making the playoffs, Dunbar especially, and then North and South, and only one's going to make it. When the most recent RPIs came out on Tuesday, now, of course, by the time you are hearing this, we will have had the uh, second RPI release, but last week, after Week 7... South Fort Myers was uh, leading the pack there in the RPI. Just a nudge above Fort Myers, then Dunbar was a few spots below. So, And, again, a big part
1: of that is uh, opponents' winning percentage. And I think something that's really going to help Dunbar is that 24-22 win over North Fort Myers on the road yes. last week. I think that kind of gives them a leg up, and they were playing like it was a must-win game. Like, you know, their season depended on it, and they got the job done. North Fort Myers, I think, has really helped – by the end of their season, they play Dunbar, and they also play Bishop Breaux. Yeah, that's what season. helps,
2: man. You're looking at the uh, the opponent's winning percentage. Dunbar's in those first RPIs was .311. That means their opponent's had a 31 winning percentage, won 31% of the games. That's not very good. You look at a team like uh, Baron Collier and Fort Myers, who in the top four, their opponent's winning percentage was over 75%. So it's that strength of schedule we talked about.
1: You know, I think who's really hurt by strength of schedule is South Fort Myers. They went 1-9 and nine last year. It was the worst record in school history. And I think they kind of scheduled accordingly that they were going to be rebuilding. And they scheduled the Cape Corals of the world, who is just a really bad team this year. And their signature win is against Cypress Lake. They beat them 6-0 earlier in the season. And Cypress is, what, 6-2 f- and two this year? So, yeah. I mean, that helps. But they played Dunbar and they played... North, I mean, I just I don't think that their strength of schedule is really going to get the job done, so they might have to run the table.
2: Well, I was going to say if they can win those games, that's going to be important because your your own um, winning percentage obviously is important. Uh, South Fort Myers is six and one, so if you beat North Fort Myers and Dunbar, you close the year against Estero, which obviously doesn't
1: help your strength of schedule, but it's a win. However, if you can go nine and one. However, Estero, I mean, they've got some winnable games at the end of their schedule, so if Estero can you know finish with four or five wins. That yeah, might be better than you think. As, as tough a season as Astero's had, they are three and four right now. So
2: let's give them props. You know, they're sitting right around 500, battling injuries, dealing with what 30 kids on the roster at one point for a six a or five a school. So yeah, props to Astero. Well,
1: that's gonna do it for our first segment. When we come back, we're gonna break down the big games of the week.
0: Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices.
2: And welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's time to break down these Week 9 games. It's kind of a light schedule. In Collier County, we only have four games. I don't know how many there are in Lee County. Do you know, Mr. Regan? Ten. Cool. All right. Fourteen games. I think the big one is? In Collier County, Barron Collier at Palmetto Ridge. Now, you heard it here first last week. Did I not tell you how good Palmetto Ridge looks now that they are finally healthy? Looking good. They beat Immokalee last week, 35-20. to They're rolling on offense. They're rolling on defense. Baron Collier, however, is looking pretty good. They won 34 nothing last week against Golden Gate. Are you as excited about this game as I am?
1: I am pretty excited about it. I will say this about Palmetto Ridge. I've always been on – the bear bandwagon. Oh, have you? And I jumped off last week. Uh, and I guess it was at the wrong time. You know how I feel about Chris Token and how I think he's one of the best coaches in Southwest mm-hmm. Florida. So yeah, I'm excited that they've won two in a row. And I think this is a pretty big game. Baron Collier, though, man, 34 to nothing over Golden Gate. A Golden Gate defense that was, you know, supposed to be pretty good. And I think they were decent against Baron Collier. It's just the offense really couldn't make anything happen. Well, and that's where I was most impressed with Baron Collier was
2: the offense because we know Baron Collier's going to score points. I'm sorry, the defense. Uh, Baron Collier's defense held Golden Gate to 29 yards on 30 carries, zero passing yards. And Golden Gate's a team that, you know, with their new quarterback, Acuna, they've been getting some big plays. Dorian Paris has been breaking off some big runs. And Baron Collier slowed them down, shut them out. Baron Collier not known for its defense, but they do have a pretty uh, veteran squad Palmetto Ridge. Their offense is finally starting to roll. They have an awesome running back in Jaden Booker, freshman, and he's joined by Leo Garza, who was kind of the incumbent running back coming in, who's been injured the past few weeks. So they're going to have a interesting duel back there in the backfield for Palmetto Ridge.
1: And Palmetto Ridge, they really had their full allotment of talent finally. for the first time yep. all season, and they made it. They made it happen against Immokalee. They beat them 35 to 20. They kind of withstood some big plays yep. from. Amokley, I was very impressed.
2: Well Palmetto Ridge's defense has been good all year. What what I want to give credit to is their quarterback, Evan Rodriguez. If you if you read my story up on prep zone this Friday, you know he in this in the preseason game, he was knocked unconscious, knocked out cold. I was had against
1: to, South Fort Myers, right? Yes.
2: Had to be taken on a stretcher to the hospital. He was in concussion protocol for five to six weeks, like couldn't do anything. He had to leave school early days because his head hurt too bad. He had to rest and sleep and didn't do anything. So he's just now getting back into full football shape. He's looked very good doing it and leading the team to two wins the past two weeks. Well, Welcome back, Evan. That's right. So let's skip up to Lee County now, what I think will be the best game up here, and I'm sure Mr. Regan agrees. North Fort Myers at South Fort Myers and you said you wanted to call this the civil
1: war is that right i did say that but then i asked you i said is that not pc anymore a civil war i don't
2: i don't think it is um but i never thought it was you know i've been woke since before woke you know we've had Thousands of Americans died in the Civil War, and we're going to joke about it? We're going to call it that? I mean, I just – I don't know, Regan. I'm, I'm ashamed of you.
1: I'm disappointed by your performative wokeness.
2: <laughs> but, no, I've been saying that since what – what is it, Oregon? that They call it the Civil War? Oregon, Oregon State. They, they're yeah. the
1: Civil War, and that's a huge game every year. So you have North versus South.
2: But didn't like, 10 eh, – I guess that, that makes a little more sense. But didn't like, even 10 years ago, who was it? Uh, Kellen Winslow, the tight end, who got in trouble for comparing, you know – Football players to soldiers he and, said, and using no, the he word said war.
1: He, he said he's a soldier, and people are trying to kill him out there on the football field. I'm
2: just saying I don't think we're allowed to compare football to war anymore because it's so, so much different.
1: And I don't really think that the Wolfpack would really appreciate being compared to the uh, treasonous South. Right. I mean, that's what they did. I don't they, know, yeah, dude. There's, we, there's, we, are we are side. in Lee County. Seceding, so. <laughs> seceding from the Union. That was you know treason. It was treason. I always say this. Our county's named for the greatest traitor in American history. Yeah, but one of the greatest generals in this world has ever seen. Moving on. Moving on. North Fort Myers, South Fort Myers, big game. Is this the uh, loser leaves town match in Lee County? I think think it's a loser leaves town match. And I'm really glad that they really started up this series last year again after they kind of took a hiatus after that fight between Zaquandre White and Andre Polk. It's back. It's a district game. I think that's the way it should be. And North Fort Myers, I think they have some things to work out and practice this week. Last week, we talked about the balance that North Fort Myers had between passing and running the ball. While there was no balance whatsoever last week against Dunbar, Uh, you had Parker O'Dell and Brett Reed were really carrying the load running the ball. And really, Parker O'Dell kind of left it all out on the field right there. I mean, he scored with about three minutes left in the game, stretching the ball out over the goal line. They, and then he got sacked on the two-point conversion against Dunbar, and they ended up losing that game. But really, they didn't throw the ball at all. I want to say that they had 25 yards passing. Wow. And they've got a guy on the outside, uh, Daniel Pilgrim, who's a very great, good player. He's a D1 recruit. And they really can't get him the ball.
2: And South Fort Myers, let's give them credit. They've won three in a row since their loss to Fort Myers, and this is a game that I don't think we were too excited about at the beginning of the year because South coming off that 1-9 season, but they've really impressed us. And, and let me clarify, when we talk about loser leaves town, we think the loser of this game will not make the playoffs. The winner might not either, but they have a much better chance. I think if you lose this game, you're pretty much out as we get uh, deep in the season here.
1: And I will say this about South Fort Myers. They know how to create some big plays, some big scoring opportunities on offense and defense. And last week against Dunbar, North was definitely susceptible to the big play. so that could really play to South's advantage.
2: How about we go back to Lee, County, I'm sorry, Collier County, where we have a at Laley. This game's always interesting, always good. Two of the most athletic teams we have, teams that uh, can break big plays, but you know, they've struggled at times this year. I don't think either is going to make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a good game. Lately coming off a big loss at Naples where they did not look great, but Naples' defense makes a lot of teams not look great. Amokley we mentioned before, losing to Palmetto Ridge. This could be high scoring or it could be low scoring. I don't know what to make of it.
1: I think it's going to be high scoring. I think that there's going to be a number of big plays in this game, and we already talked about Amokley was able to really move the ball on those big high-end pick plays. Raheem Toombs, I mm-hmm. think, had two – Sixty and seventy yard touchdowns. Yeah, in a week game after he had week. four
2: touchdowns rushing.
1: So I think it's going to be high scoring rather than low scoring.
2: Well, it's going to be tough. Laley just can't get it figured out on uh, offense. And again, I can't fault him for last week. You know, Naples defense looked great, but Laley has two offensive touchdowns the past four games. That's not good. You, you don't you don't want to do that. The defense has played well in spots. Didn't play great against Naples, but the week before they limited a really good Lake Wales team. So I'm going to say it's more low scoring. Laley has the uh, home field advantage it's at Laley. I think th- this is one of those games where it's so close that you almost got to go with the home team but I guess we'll figure that out when we get to picks
1: now if you're the head coaches of both teams I, I think they know that they're not gonna make the playoffs I mean Rodlin Anthony probably <laughs> will right. never admi- admit that but if you're JJ average or you're Rodlin Anthony what's the approach you take this week well,
2: I think at Laley, I mean, everything. I don't want to say is icing on the cake because that's not good motivation for a football player. But you know, they weren't expected to do much at all this year. They're already uh, four and three, four and four, whatever it is, after going two and eight last year. So I think you're building. Yeah, and you got a new coach in J.J. Edwards. So you're building for the future. And of course, bragging rights are always big. Immokalee, after starting 0 and 5, is that what? Well, 1 and 3. They started 1 and 3. You know, you're talking to your guys 0 and about. 0 5 last year. Right, 0 and 5 last year. You're, t- you're talking about playing for pride. And I think it'll be a good contest. They both got some weapons. But again, I think low scoring is
1: my guess. Last game we're going to break down Tampa Catholic at Bishop Verro. This is uh, part of Bishop Verro's gauntlet of games. And Bishop Verro lost last week. They did, but it was
2: very, very close. It was They lost on a last-minute field goal, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, that game the last couple of years has been pretty close. Bishop Road was down 14 nothing early in that game and clawed their way all the way back into the game. And, I mean, it was a heartbreaker, but I think nobody really expected Bishop Road to go undefeated this year. I mean, the last part of their schedule is very tough, and Tampa Catholic, they're no joke. They've, only, they've lost two games this year, and one was to state-ranked Tampa-Berkeley prep, and the other was to Class 7A Winter Haven. So they're playing some heavy hitters, and they've got a pretty good dual-threat quarterback in Dylan McLean up there. Yeah, you talk about Tampa Catholic. They played a very good
2: schedule, but they've only given up about 12 points a game, maybe 13 points a game. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Verro's offense can do after being limited by a uh, quick and very good defense from American Heritage last week, where I think uh, they didn't score as much as they wanted to, obviously only getting 14 points. Well,
1: I think Verro's going to have to take care of the ball this week, because they fumbled four times last week against American mm. Heritage. They, lo- they lost two of them, but I mean, this is a team that doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, right. and they made some mistakes in this game. Should be an interesting matchup. And
2: Bishop Rowe, man, they're in one of those uh, classes where they don't have districts. So you have to fight your way into the playoffs. You can't rely on a district championship. All these games are important. They're going to boost your strength of schedule. They're looking to uh, secure one of those at-large bids in their region.
1: More importantly, they're trying to secure one of those buys. That's right. If you get They a had a buy season. last year, and they want it, they want it again. They don't want to play that first week of the playoffs.
2: And I will say they have a bigger region. Um, I'm counting what? Two, four, six, eight, ten, at least ten teams. Eleven teams in their region. So six make the playoffs. So about half of them. You know, not as good odds as though there's a two-A region where I think they have nine teams. So two-thirds make the playoffs. So these games are gonna boost their strength of schedule, and it'll be great for Bishop Verro. So we're gonna take another break, and we come back, it's everyone's favorite part.
0: It's picks time. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDNprepZone. On Twitter, Sports and NDN underscore prepzone or download our apps.
1: Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's picks time. Week nine. Fisher's running out of time. He did pick up a game last week. He went eight and two and I went seven and three. That runs Fisher's record to forty nine and thirty one on the season and I'm at fifty nine and twenty one. Unfortunately, Golden Gates, Ryan Magel did not have an interception, so you weren't able to Didn't get that <laughs> extra bonus game.
2: Uh, but I will say eight and two, I think it's my best weekly record all year. Probably. I don't think I've gone 8-2 in the other weeks, have
1: I? Uh, you have not, that's yeah. for sure. I go. mean, this was a pretty poor week for
2: me, I must say, going 7-3. and three. Well, listen, man, I'm breaking it down math-wise. we got three regular season weeks left, at least two playoffs. So if I just pick up two, uh, two a week, pick up two games a week, I'm, I'm in
1: it. I got it. You've been consistently not picking up those it's games, true. so that's going to be a tall This order. is where it starts, baby. First game, Baron Collier at Palmetto Ridge. I'm going to pick first again this week because we need to give Fisher a chance to catch up. I'm going to go with Baron Collier Ooh. in this one. And that's obviously a sign that Palmetto Ridge is going to win this game because I haven't picked a Palmetto Ridge game right all season long.
2: Man, I don't know. Like, I, I really want to go against you because I think this is a really, really tough game to pick. But something is telling me just Baron Collier, the history of them. They've been rolling all season, whereas Palmetto Ridge is still trying to catch up. Uh, It it could go either way. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm excited to cover it on Friday, but I, too, will take the Cougars. Next,
1: 15 straight losses. That's what Golden Gate, the series against Naples. They've never beat Naples and not going to do it again, so I'm going to take the Golden Eagles. No, um,
2: pretty, pretty easy pick here. Naples wins at Golden Gate. They win their 10th straight district title. I'll take the Eagles as well. Tampa
1: Catholic at Bishop Verreau. The Vikings burned me last week after I've been riding that train all season, but I'm not going to jump off. Give me Bishop
2: Verot. Well, you know me. I'm the biggest Bishop Verot troll on the podcast. It's three weeks in a row
1: I'm picking against them. Yes. A few questions for you.
2: Okay. I got answers.
1: Uh, this team that Bishop Verreau is playing,
2: Yep. where are they located? Tampa. Ah, wow. I see where you're going with this. They got that long road trip. Yeah, so uh, where's Fort Myers located? Uh, In Fort Myers, I
1: believe. (laughs) Uh, In terms of in terms of where Tampa is looking, about two hours away, I I believe. Uh, So uh, you know, by bus, probably two hours, fifteen minutes, two hours and thirty minutes. It is a two-hour bus ride. Uh, And what's uh, your what's your rule?
2: I pick against bus rides, you know. But sometimes, you know, you get late in the year, you got to shake things up. I think I'm going to take Tampa Catholic. I do believe Bishop Rowe can win this game, might win this game, but in in the spirit of going against Adam Regan, I will take Tampa Catholic.
1: North Fort Myers at South Fort Myers. I think this is a tough one. But I think the Red Knights bounce back after that close loss to Dunbar. I think Dwayne Mack's going to rally the troops. I also think that, but I'm toying with the
2: idea of just going with South just to uh, try to pick up a game and make things interesting. But I think North has more firepower. Yeah, I'll take uh, North
1: the black and blue game you're always whining about all these names that yeah, the rivalries have in lee county and Actually, that's not even
2: creative that might be worse than the catfish bowl they have down in uh collier county
1: with baron collier well, and Golf it's Coast. their colors but i mean i understand but that. i mean the the bruise it's a hard-hitting game oh is that it yes yeah, i still don't like it i want to say this about mariner though uh, they're what one in six this season but that and their numbers are dwindling uh you know you got to feel for Travis Smith a little bit, you know, it no, seems like nobody, nobody that goes to Mariner or wants to play football anymore. But that being said, they play hard and they've been in a lot of their games yeah. against some better teams. So I don't think there's a question here. I think you got to go with the Tritons. Cape Coral has not been in any game all year long. I think it's foregone conclusion. It's been
2: tough for Cape Coral guys. And this is a, the end of an era. My picking Cape Coral, I just have to, have to stop now. After they uh, lost 10-2 to last week to Astero, I'm sorry, Cape Coral. You still have a place in my heart, but i got to go with my head. I'll take Mariner.
1: Island Coast at Dunbar. Island Coast played South Fort Myers pretty tough last week. And, you know, their team, coached by Jim Wiseman, they're kind of on the come up. I don't see any wins the rest of their schedule, but I think that this season has been a success sure. for the Gators. That being said, give me Dunbar. I think they've found their offense. Uh, you know, they're traditionally, a, you know, a spread passing team trying right. to get the balls to their athletes. However, last week against North Fort Myers, Sammy Brown changed it up. He went with Roger Motley, at quarterback, and then out of the shotgun, he was surrounded by two Division One recruits in Brandon Benjamin mm-hmm. and Florida State commit Jadarius Green-McKnight. And it's all about getting the ball to your best players who are going to make plays. And that's what they did. And that's what they're going to do again this week. And they don't need a ton of points because that defense is
2: so good. So, yeah, I also will take Dunbar. Amokley at
1: Laley. I'm
2: glad you're picking first on this one. Oh, jeez.
1: I'm going to go with the Indians on the road. I believe in Raheem Toombs. I believe in Rodlin Anthony. I think, you know, they probably learned a lot from last week.
2: I'm going to take Lely, mainly in the spirit of disagreement. But as I said, Lely's at home. It's very close. I think they will have enough offense. You know, they looked okay at times against Naples. Like, it's hard to explain. No, the the passing game, some guys were open. Some passes were there. Just you're not going to face a defense in Collier County as good as Naples. So Naples really disrupted it. If they're able to get off some passes, uh, I think they'll score one or two touchdowns, and that may be all they need with a pretty good defense.
1: I'll take Lely. ECS at Oasis. This was a pretty sexy game a couple weeks ago, and then uh, ECS—they haven't really gotten it together. At one point last week, they were trailing CSN 24 to 14 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. They ended up come back and win that game, but. I don't think that speaks very highly of what's going on at ECS. No, they're still uh, still getting it together, which is
2: not good because, as you said, it's week nine. <laughs> Only three games left.
1: <laughs> and then you have Oasis, and as, ex- as we expected, they go up to Tampa-Berkeley prep and they get waxed. I think this is a tough one still. it's Like I said, it's not as sexy as we thought it once would be. Are you going to pick opposite me on this one? Possibly, Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to pick ECS Ooh. in this game,
2: and I don't know why. Well, that's good, because I wanted Oasis, and I don't really know why either, other than, I don't know, better record. ECS just hasn't been uh, the world beaters we thought they were going to be, and Oasis at home, of course. I'll take Oasis. And making their debut
1: in the pick segment, Gateway Charter. I believe they're 4-3 and three on the season. I mean, they're... They've won some games. They're playing at first-year program, Bonita Springs. I'm not really going to take Gateway Charter, am I? But I am. You have to. I'm going with the Griffins. I live right around the corner from the high
2: school. Let's go. Yeah, I'm with you. Bonita Springs just uh, probably not going to get a win this year. I say that without looking at their schedule, so uh, don't at me. But, yeah, you know, it's a first-year program. Gateway Charter should, should win this one, so we'll go with them. Cypress Lake
1: at LaBelle. Is this a trap game for the Panthers? Could be. They're seeking their first district championship since 1995. And I think we already have that game at the at next week at DeSoto County, circled as the de facto district championship game. But they got to play the Cowboys at LaBelle. I'm still going Cypress Lake. Uh, CJ Shedd has been downright yeah. impressive this season. He. he without a couple games due to injury, but I think he has firmly put himself in the discussion for News Press Offensive Player of the Year. We'll see how he ends the season. But for sure, if they win their first district title in 24 years, I mean, you got to give him some consideration, and you got to give Richie Rhodes some consideration for Coach of the Year.
2: Oh, absolutely on both. And I will say, though, we, we, we've said it a lot, LaBelle, a tough place to play. However, didn't ECS put up, like, 70 at LaBelle or something earlier this year? 58, I think. 58. That sounds about right. Um, I think Cypress Lake, just too much firepower. I'm
1: taking the Panthers. All right. Well, that'll do it for our pick segment. And don't forget to go to naplesnews.com slash sports slash prep zone for Adam Fisher's feature on Evan Rodriguez of Palmetto Ridge. And don't forget to go to news-press.com sports for my feature on Bishop Verro, return man, wide receiver, just all-around boss, Malik Curtis. And on Friday night, check us out for analysis, photo galleries, and highlights. Hey, and look us up
2: on Instagram, too. We're putting a lot of good uh, live highlights on Instagrams as we're on the sidelines at the game, we're doing a lot of cool stuff over there, so check us out.
1: Well, sh- well why don't you plug your ndn instagram Uh, i think
2: it's just at ndn prep zone all smushed together ndn prep zone
1: and don't forget to go to the best instagram page in southwest florida at mphs sports we'll see you next week
0: thanks for listening remember the inside southwest florida football podcast will be available for download